And hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Conquest Chronicles. This is Matt here, along with Dina, and we got some. Uh, we got quite a bit of news that broke within the last few days. Um, a lot of a lot of news involving USC football. A lot of positive news, actually. A lot of a lot of positive news that's been out. Um, but. We, we'll go ahead, we'll touch on that as well as the, uh, USC basketball announcement for their game at Staples Center. Um, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So, let's go ahead and get the show on the road. Dina, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Still waiting on replacing my computer. For those of you who don't know, I had my computer, my phone and wallet stolen, so that's why I haven't been posting. It's not like I'm slacking, <laughs> just waiting on my company to replace that for me not avoiding anybody (laughs) she don't owe anyone money she's (laughs) just waiting Uh, well i i I could always say this your 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 night could be like mine so early this morning or late at the night however you want to put it remember the rose bowl picture that i showed you the picture of uh the panorama of the of like of the celebration yeah. of the Rose Bowl. So we finally hung it up and I put my ticket next to it from the Rose Bowl game. Finally hung it up on Sunday. It took all of two days for it to come crashing down. <laughs> the Was it pic- earthquake? I don't know what I don't know what happened. I don't there wasn't an earthquake that I heard about or anything, but I just woke up and it was like a huge crash. Now I feared that that picture. We have like some things that that holds it that hold it up. It's like this Velcro thing. Oh yeah. And I told my mom, I was like, "Is that going to stay up there?" She's like, "Yes, it's gonna stay up there." Da 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 da. I'm like, "Okay," because my mom comes and you know she likes to help decorate. So my mother loves to come to help decorate whenever she comes. Um. Anyway. Late in the night, I'm sleeping, and I woke up to, like, something crashing down, and I wake up, and my Rose Bowl picture is is on the bed. It's, like, tilted on the bed and everything. So, it it scared me because I thought it was going to fall on me. Yeah. But it didn't. It just came crashing down. Well, wake up this morning, and I look over. And the edge of the picture, the bottom left corner of the picture, it looked like it, it, it looked like something broke off or something. Turns out the left, the left bottom ed- corner of the picture is in the wall. So in I the have, wall. yes, I have a, I have a rectangular hole in the wall. Like a small hole in the wall right How now. How did it? If it fell off the wall, oh, that's like below where it fell. Yeah, so it probably what it did was it, the the bottom right corner fell first. Yeah, and okay. the other side probably hit. So I feel hard. like that's a bad omen. <laughs> oh God, I I pray that's not a bad omen. I hope yeah, for real. I pray, but you can see where it was getting ready to come off too, <laughs> and, and maybe I just. Instead of Velcro, put some nails or something. Is it heavy? It is. It's actually pretty heavy. 
Oh yeah, I don't use Velcro then for that. I use nails. I, I and there's a thing to hold it up, but I don't know why we don't use that. Instead, she wants to use Velcro. I'm like, why? Just probably so she doesn't want to make a hole in the wall. I guess so. <laughs> but anyway, we got some. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll break down some news. We'll start off with the with. Uh, the development of last, the weekend, actually, uh, for those who don't know, well, not the weekend, but of yeah, it was the weekend. Wait, was it the weekend? For what? I don't remember. Yeah, it was the weekend, actually. It was the weekend. The developments of the Brew McCoy situation. Um, yeah, it was last weekend. So... As everyone knows, and we came on the podcast and we talked about um, the Brew McCoy possibly transferring, and uh, since that time, the uh, Tom Herman, Texas, the Longhorns head coach, Texas Longhorns head coach, went to take a, uh, went to go visit Brew, maybe to, to talk him into staying. Right. Um, well, it turns out that it wasn't successful, and that Brew McCoy officially uh, entered the transfer portal. He officially put his name in a transfer portal, and a lot of reports, per reports, is that he's going to USC. Now, McCoy said he was going home. We don't know what we, we know. Obviously, we don't know if it meant USC. We don't know if it meant he's going home. I took it as he's going home, and so. The reports came out. The reports came out uh, that he's going to USC. That it's it, it, it's a for sure thing that he's going to um that he's going to USC. Whether that happens or not, there's not been an official word that he's going to USC. So right now, it remains to be seen if that will indeed happen. Um, but he did visit USC yesterday. He was at USC yesterday, according to a uh, to Scott Schrader of uh, of Trojan Insider. A lot of reports are saying that he's going to USC, like that he's going to USC. Um, I I I don't know how to. Well, I I know how to take it, a because I take it that when he went to Texas, and as we mentioned, went to Texas, probably wasn't what he thought it was. And, you know, he still has a good relationship with his teammates at U.S. or with, with players at USC. I don't want to say teammates yet, but with, he has a good relationship with players at USC from what we've, we've heard. And, you know, we, you know, Clay Helton talking him up saying, you know, hey, he's a, he's an outstanding young man. Basically just saying, you know what? We wish him luck. You know, he wasn't anything negative. It just, it maybe this, the situation here wasn't what he thought it was. Goes to Texas, plays in the spring game. We don't know what happened between that time, but probably heard about the good things that's going on at USC. And there's been a lot of positive about USC on the field lately. Um, I think now we got to the football portion of it. And now he maybe he's just thinking, you know what, it's, this isn't for me. I mean, it could be homesickness. It could be he just felt Texas wasn't for him. But either way, it, it looks like he's coming to USC. That's a port, that's according to um, uh, multiple reports that we're seeing. But he is in the transfer portal. So yeah, USC is the most likely destination. It's what makes sense. He has 
most of his friends are on the USC football team from Matter Day, so um, I think he's just waiting to to announce it till all the hype dies down. I think that's what it is too. And a lot of people were asking, is he going to be eligible? Is he going to be eligible to play right away? And we had this talk actually. And I think it's just a matter of what the NCAA was going to do. Cause remember, he was, he was trying to fill out a waiver. Texas was going to put a waiver in for him to play right away, for him to be eligible right away. And that wasn't, um, uh, with that transfer, they were waiting for McCoy's signature. I think that was the holdup, was they were waiting for McCoy's signature, and they were waiting to see what happened with Tate Martell at Miami and Justin Fields at Ohio State. And you're seeing a lot of players get ruled, get granted eligibility right away, but this is kind of different with him returning. So the NCAA could go multiple ways in it. Yeah, it was it was up to Brew to submit the the waiver. Texas had nothing. They don't they don't submit it. It's up to the player to. So, uh, the reports that I've seen, they the Texas staff had thought it was submitted, and then when that report came out, like in early May or late April, where they're like, well, actually, it wasn't submitted. That's the first they had been hearing of it. The Texas staff. Yeah, it's just a matter of um I don't know, it's just a it's just a matter of what you know, what could come of it, you know what I mean? Like what could it what could come of it now that if he come if he returns to USC, the NTAA could go, you know what? You couldn't make up your mind. Um we can't we can't grant you an eligibility because you transfer and you were already enrolled. You know, that could be the case or the NCAA. And I know a lot of people are a lot of people are saying, oh, the NCAA is going to give USC the short end of the stick. That's not primarily the case here. You have to look at it. And granted, I rarely agree with the NCAA on anything. You can ask Dina. (laughs) But in this case, you can't be mad at the NCAA and you can't be mad at Brew because Brew transfer. we, We knew the chances of Brew to play right away once he got to Texas was 50-50. Cause when you submit a waiver, it don't mean the NCAA could go, yes, we're going to grant you this waiver because the coach who was there left. I don't think it works. It works for head coaches, but it don't really work for coordinators like that. That's, that's kind of a different scenario, but with him returning, the NCAA could go. You know what? We can't you, we can't grant your waiver because you were already enrolled at two schools, technically, quote unquote, and you couldn't really make up your mind. Or they could go, and this is a possibility. They could go. You know what? You were originally supposed to be at USC to begin with. You're going back to the school you transferred from. You know what? We'll go ahead and grant you your eligibility because you're currently already on your scholarship with USC. You know, you were there for all of what two months, so that could be the case. It, it, it you just don't know with the NCAA on this um, on this situation. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. Yeah, I have a feeling that they're not going to grant him eligibility, but who knows? Crazier things have happened. Yeah, I'm I'm not holding my breath on it. 
because it's like it, it's like with certain circumstances the NCAA will go you can play right away but also we've seen circumstances where the NCAA don't grant the uh, uh the approval or the or anything like that and they block transfers matter of fact they block the transfer of somebody who's I believe their sister or their mother or or somebody was sick and the NCAA caught a lot of flack for that so the NCAA right now I think the NCAA right now is kind of in a losing battle right now because they're doing a lot of things a lot of things that they've done have caught a lot of backlash and this is why you're seeing players get granted eligibility and all that stuff because the NCAA is like I think the NCAA kind of backed itself into a corner right now with a lot of stuff. Yeah. With a lot of things, you know. The NCAA backed itself into a corner with a lot of things where they're getting a lot of negative media flack. And the NCAA is like, I I don't know. I, I feel like the NCAA think they're in a losing battle right now. So with the McCoy thing, we'll see how that goes. It, it's just a matter of just seeing how it all um how it all plays out. Yeah, it's interesting too that you said, like you said, Scott Scott Schrader said Brew McCoy was on campus yesterday, and then he also said Chris Steele was on campus yesterday. Um, for those of you, just a reminder that Chris Steele originally had committed to USC, then flipped his commitment to Florida, enrolled, and now he's transferring from Florida to Oregon. Yeah, he uh verbally right now everything's a verbal commitment right now. Uh he remember he verbally committed to Oregon, he went to visit Oregon, verbally committed to Oregon. But he can't enroll until I believe the twenty until June twentieth. I it's believe actually, that's the information. It's actually similar to Brew. It's all, just for the but the only difference is Chris Steele never enrolled at USC. He was just a commit. He was yeah, he was a verbal commit to USC, then he decommitted, then he committed to Florida, and the reasoning behind why he's transferring from Florida is because he he the uh, I guess there was a roommate of his who was he was in an uncomfortable situation with a roommate. I think the roommate was was accused for sexual assault or something like that. And he didn't feel comfortable and he wanted to switch roommates. He wanted to change roommates or switch dorms. And the coach didn't grant him that. The coach at Florida didn't grant him that. And so he looked to transfer. And that is a legit reason to transfer. Because it basically is like you're putting me in, you're having me room with a guy who is in a precarious situation, who's who's been, you know, who's been accused of this. I don't feel comfortable being in this, in the room with him. So I I would like a new roommate or a new dorm, and you know so I don't so I I'm not in that situation, and the only reason why you won't do it, which for whatever reason you won't do it, now I'm going to be in that situation. I don't want to be accused of that because I didn't do anything. So I'm going to look to go somewhere else. All right. And that's and that's totally fair. And honestly. Wherever the kid goes, I applaud him for for taking a stance on that. I applaud him for that. Uh, Chris Steele, he's a, he's a smart kid, bright kid. Um, anyway, I'm rooting for 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 him no matter what. But I think um, with with USC, 
hopefully – I think it's just a matter of do they have room for him. I think that was the big talk was will they have room for him. And, of course, with five-star corner or anything like that, you can find a way to make room for somebody. There's a <laughs> there's ways to make room for somebody. But uh, he went for a visit at USC. I know USC coaches are probably going to talk him into trying to come to USC because if anything – if anything, if you can't get him now, and this is how I look at it, if you can't get him now, if he's not eligible now, then you have him for next year. But if he's eligible now, it helps the secondary a lot. It helps the cornerback position. It helps the secondary a lot. And he can compete for a starting spot right away, immediately. I think that's what he's looking at, too. But him and Brew were at USC on Monday, according to Scott Schrader. And, um, and it's just a matter of seeing where it goes with, it's a matter of seeing where it goes with, with, um, with, with, excuse me, with Scott, or not with Scott, but with, uh, Steele, with Chris Steele. Yeah, I mean, people can recruit him, like you said. He's not, he's not enrolled yet. It's just a verbal commitment. Exactly. And I mean, he could change his mind and have to go somewhere else. Again, he can't enroll to a certain time. And I know with, um, with Brew McCoy, it's the same way because everyone's like, why isn't he at USC? Well, he can't enroll yet. That's the thing. That's why you, a lot of the new commits, a lot of the new guys, they have, they can't enroll yet. So they have to wait for, they have to wait to enroll which probably will be summer classes or something like that in the summer just to get the hang of things, just to get used to it. And then uh, and then it's a matter of just seeing where it goes from there. Right. But do you think, and all honesty, do you think Chris Steele commits or flips his, commit, uh, his commitment to USC? Do you think we'll see him at USC or does he stick it out with uh, with Oregon? Um, I think it's I think it's for sure a possibility that he flips his commitment only because <laughs> I've seen Scott Schrader post about something major along with the Bruce story coming, so I think that might be it. That that is true. That is very true. I mean, it's just a matter of seeing, waiting and seeing how it, uh, how it all goes. I mean, he, we, we, there's been, you know, I don't know. I mean, right? It, it's just a matter of seeing how all of it plays out. It's just been a I lot think of, he, I think it was, it was his, his story when he decommitted from USC is similar to Brew because he decommitted. You know, as USC was falling apart, so and then Brew left because USC lost Cliff Kingsbury, and they were a mess. So there, there are similar reasons for for not playing, for not sticking with USC originally. So he could have a similar reason to rejoin USC. I know Brew's Brew's is homesickness, but maybe Chris Steele is like, if he were to commit, he's seeing all this positive news coming out about USC right now from spring camp to the brew thing to Graham Harrell. So, I mean, it's a possibility. It's for sure a possibility. It's not something that would be 
out of left field. Well, there's something that um that just came up according to Inside Troy Ryan Abraham is that apparently on the uh, and it's on the pair style, but apparently there's rumblings about another about USC picking up another transfer, which piggybacks off of um which piggybacks off of what what was talked about with um with Chris Steele, so. Apparently, there the wheels are in motion for this right now. The wheels are in motion for all of it, and that's what um, that's what we see is going on. So I don't know. I don't you know. You can't really see it, but that's what it looks like right now. Is that there could be something? There could be something in the works here. There could be something in the works here. So, it, it's, I don't know, it's in motion right now. Um, it's definitely a weird feeling, all this good news. <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially with all the negative news in the off season too. Right. Um, right now, and we have some USC baseball development going on right now, as everyone, for those who are baseball fans, and if you don't know, the MLB draft is going on right now. Um, and USC just had their first, just had a player drafted. Chris Clark, Chris Clark has been selected by the uh, Chicago Cubs in the fourth round of the MLB draft. Uh, Chris Clark is a right-handed pitcher for the Trojans. Um, believe came out, believe he came out the bullpen for, for USC. I, I think the game we went to, he came out the pin for USC, uh, just to kind of, the limit the damage a little bit, but we want to say congratulations to him. He was the first Trojan to be selected off the board. I mean, granted, uh, granted, we and it's also in line with nobody has any clue on who what who's USC's manager going to be for um, the upcoming baseball season. As uh, as Dan Hubbs was let was relieved of his duties. They opted not to renew his contract um, two weeks ago. So USC is currently searching right now to to try to to revamp their baseball program. And I want to touch on this a little bit. It's it's crazy because it, this isn't talked about a lot. This isn't talked about enough, Asley, actually. But it's crazy how USC had a very a very strong baseball program, which was. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline considered elite at the time and now they're just like a middle of the ground to bottom tire pac 12 baseball program right now and it's with all the talent in california all the talent in southern california for baseball it's hard to see that they're not pulling in recruits like that right yeah they were they were a powerhouse powerhouse program I mean, you see it all over the all over the walls, the national championships on the baseball field. So, 
you know, there's really no, just like football, there's no reason why they shouldn't be a powerhouse team. Exactly. I mean, with football, it's just, I think it's just the incompetence at, um, with USC in all honesty. And something needs to be done with the USC athletic program. Cause right now basketball, actually basketball is not, is not doing too bad. Although I think they're, they're pulling in recruits, but I don't think the coaching is there. Right. USC athletics right now is just in a weird place right now. Yeah. And it feels like with, with Lynn Swan at the AD, you have guys who've never been ADs before running this program and trying to fix the mess of the previous person. So whoever comes in who has experience has a mess that they got to clean up. And I mean, hopefully, like it's like we said, when when July hits and a new president comes in, maybe this is something that they'll touch on. Maybe this is something that they'll look at. You know, I know that's the you know the last thing the you know the president of the university is trying to think of is the athletics, but maybe this is one of the things that they um that they figure out. Yeah, yes, yeah. like you said, something has there has to be an overhaul. For sure in the athletic department. I think there just needs to be a restructure of the athletic department. They need to get rid of Swan, and they need to just get, you know, somebody experienced with this, you know. Mm-hmm. And then let the AD do what they got to do. That's what I think. That's how I view it. But that's, uh, let us know. Send us a, a, a tweet at, um, at C Chronicles SBN. Let us know about what you think on that whole thing. Um, more football news, more good news, actually. It seems like we hit a strange patch of good news. Hopefully it's a good, a sign of good things to come. <laughs> but, um, Bellis Jones, wide receiver Bellis Jones has returned to the USC football program. He, after he, uh, he entered the transfer portal before, um, before spring, before spring camp, uh, he's been in a transfer portal ever since, looked at some SEC schools, looked to return down south, close to Alabama. He's originally from Alabama and, um, was supposed to be a grad transfer. Well, it turns out that he actually, uh, that he actually he tweeted out that he was returning to USC, not in those words, but basically he said, I'm a Trojan, I'm always a Trojan, um, a lot, something along those lines. And then he put out a tweet saying that he's not there for depth, he's there to play. Right. And I think it was to multiple uh, articles that say, you know, oh, he'll help the USC receiving core depth. And I think it was kind of just taking a um, – a different way, but what do you? What are your views on the uh, Bellis Jones uh, news? I, I, I honestly, I think it's a good thing for USC that he's returning. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when he when he left USC was kind of low at wide receiver. I mean, we have Michael Pittman, Tyler Vons, Amon Ross, St. Brown, those top three, um, and then a couple underclassmen, but no other real veterans. So it'll be good to get a veteran back um, for for this year to play, especially since Brew McCoy is going to be most likely out this season. Um, so three veterans, or actually I, four returners is not bad at all. 
Yeah, and I mean, the, of in order to returners, right? And in order to run the um, the air raid, kind of it's more effective with five wide receivers, and the fact that the fact that they're going to have five, um, the fact that they're going to have five wide receivers now, it actually helps. And with Bellis Jones, I think this helps out with Bellis Jones as well because the previous, the previous uh, team that or not team, but last year, I don't think they really had a way to um, utilize him. I don't think they really utilized him that effectively I mean they tried to find ways to get the ball in his hands off of jet sweeps and and different things like that but I think in all honesty in the air raid I think Graham Harrell will find a way to get the ball in Bellis Jones hands I mean they try lining him up at receiver at running back different things I think with Jones I'm interested to see I'm interested to see how Bellis Jones is used in Graham Harrell's um, offense in the air raid. You know, is it going to be? I think it's going to be a lot of screens. It's going to be a lot of a lot of things where he's making plays in space where you can utilize his speed. I'm very interested to see how they use him, and you know, that's what I'm actually looking forward to. It's just how he's used and how effective he'll be. In which I think he can be very effective. He can be very yeah, effective. I mean, whenever he touched the ball last season, he was effective. And, and that's the thing. But you got to make sure he's making plays in space. And that's all they're going to, that's all pretty much what they have to do. I think, and don't, don't get me wrong here. I mean, I, I mean, or don't, not, don't get me wrong, but I, I could be wrong about this, but I can see them going five wide or maybe going, going, I'm trying to figure out how to put this. I can see them going four wide and have Jones in motion, and then you throw a pass, and then it's like a screen pass with him in motion. You know, something to get his momentum going. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Something to get his momentum, his speed going, so where that way when he catches the ball, he's going at full speed. I can see something like that. A lot of quick hitters, a lot of um, a lot of things like that. I could see... Graham Harrell going with something like that, or maybe a lot of five wide. Maybe they could do a diamond formation. You know, have a have a uh, the wideouts in a diamond formation set where you set a, where you know you're setting screens and stuff like that. I could see something like that. You know, it's just a matter of how they play this out, and I'm interested to see where where they go with it. Yeah, same. I think Velas Jones kind of reminds me of a Darius Rogers. How he was always the shirt-handed guy, the veteran guy. I think that's going to be him this season. I view Jones. I don't know how I view Jones, honestly. Um, but I see, I can see him being very effective this season. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a a name, a key name in this offense that people um, that people need to keep an eye on. In all honesty, so I'm looking forward. To, I'm glad that he's returning. And again, I don't. I and when I say, and I'll say this because I know if he listens to this or anybody listening to this, I don't want anybody to take it the wrong way. But I think Jones, when we mention the depth or when we mention depth 
of uh of and Bayless Jones. It's not like we're not mentioning him to be like, oh, this guy who sits on the bench and right. he doesn't do anything. He's just there for death, you know, in case somebody gets hurt, you can slide him in there, you know what I mean? I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's what we mean by it and and honestly. I don't think that's how we're taking it. I think it's just more of with him with him with him being there, it helps the wide receiving core. It gives them it helps out, you know, it helps them out more. It gives them more receivers to play. By all means, we know Bella Jones is going to play a lot. He he was a starter. He was a starter in the slot for for a certain amount of time. He played a lot of snaps. Don't get me wrong. He played a lot of snaps last season. So by any means, when we mention depth, it's no disrespect to to Bellis Jones. I I mean, if there's a better way to put it, then there we'll find a better way to put it. You know, but I think he helped because the USC wide receiving depth was so was thin. It right. was razor thin, and it was more of can you really run five wide? Now with him there, they can run the, the air raid at its true style. So I think that's what we what we mean by it and how we and how we view it. If it you know if it's a different way to put it, then let us know. We'll put it a different way so that it's no. Um, disrespect to anybody because we know Jones does play a lot and we do know he's going to end up playing a good amount of snaps so but other than that um, also the announcement that that came out was that excuse me the announcement came out for USC basketball and the announcement is that USC will be playing LSU mm-hmm. at Staples Center December 21st uh which should be a good matchup. I think LSU will be uh, will be ranked in the uh, top 25. They they could be preseason ranked top 25. Um USC might be a, a a preseason ranked top 25 team. You never know, but it's a it's a good anticipated matchup. This is the third time that USC is playing at Staples Center in something like this. Last two years they played Oklahoma. The last two years I can remember. No, the last four. The last yeah, the last three years they played. I can remember them playing at Staples Center. They played BYU, Oklahoma, and um, and TCU, and the hoops hall uh and the hoops. Hall of Fame uh, or the Basketball Hall of Fame classic that they have at Staples Center. Um, should be a good matchup. Again, good good game of basketball. San Diego State will also be playing. They'll also be playing that day. Um, I don't know. For people who ask me who else they're playing, I don't remember who they're playing. I know San Diego State will be playing. I know USC and LSU will be playing, which will be a good matchup. Considering USC is ranked in the um, – USC has a, uh, 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 what is it, a top 25 recruiting class. So they got a highly anticipated class a lot, with a lot of grad transfers coming in, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're, the talk of the program has definitely been recruiting and the, the guys coming in. 
Yeah, they have a lot of uh, got a lot of guys coming in right now, so could be interesting to see. It will be, as a matter of fact, not could be, but it will be interesting to see. It will be interesting to see. I'm excited, you know. I, I and I don't know what the rest of the um, the remaining of the USC. Um, don't know what the remaining of the USC. <clears throat> excuse me, the USC non-conference schedule look like. We're still waiting for them to release it. We do know it includes LSU at Staples Center and a trip to Reno to play Nevada. Although Nevada has lost quite a few, uh, quite a few players, and including their head coach, they lost their head coach who is coaching at Arkansas right now. Um, but they, they, it includes those two, those two games. We don't know who else is involved in the. Um, in the USC non-conference schedule. With that, we are still waiting for. But we do know it likely will be challenging. I can tell you that much. It's likely going to be challenging. It's probably going to include some tournament teams because USC is going to look to get in the tournament. But they got to get it done. I mean, they need quality wins. Let's 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 be real on that. They do need quality. USC does, do need quality wins. Right. They need quality wins under Andy Enfield. And right now for Andy Enfield, this could be make or break time for Andy Enfield. I, I know we've discussed this with a lot of um we've discussed this I've discussed this with a lot of USC basketball fans. Some feel, oh, you know, this you know, he needs another year or you know, this isn't on him. And it just comes to the matter of okay, well when do you hold him accountable? When is the time to hold him accountable for USC underperforming the last two years? Because the last two years, USC has USC has not, you know, has not performed to what the talent they have on that roster. They have good talent. They have great talent. They it's just, the right. It's the it's the same. It's the for same story years. for each program: football, baseball basketball it's not it's not getting talent isn't the issue it's the coaching and that's what i think too i i honestly believe you know the player the the talent isn't the issue it's the quality wins it's it's the coaching i think the issue and this has always been my thing too is the issue with the andy infield hiring is not the fact that he can't recruit because he because He's he's recruited pretty well. It's not the fact that he can't bring in talent. It's the fact that a USC for one can't draw in Los Angeles, which supposedly supposed to be a basketball city. They do not draw well in basketball, which is weird. Two, USC has recruited very well, but they're having hard times putting together wins. You can't say, oh, that's on the players because. When you look at USC play, what system are they running? It don't look like they're running a system. It doesn't look like they're running anything. It looks like they're just playing AAU basketball out there. There's no system. Nothing being ran out there. Three, you had two years, the last two years, you failed to reach the tournament. One year, you can, you can give a good argument that they should have made the tournament. Finishing second in the Pac-12 and going all the way to the tournament championship game, there should be no reason why you're not in. 
last year it was just there was no reason why you should have had a year like that. But right. under Andy Enfield, they had no quality wins. They had zero quality wins. Like well, I don't want to say zero quality wins, but they had no type of quality wins that you could sit there and go, they beat that team. They beat right. that team. And these are the teams you're going to end up seeing in March. You're going to see these type of teams in March. If you want to make it to the NCAA tournament, you got to show the committee that you can beat these teams. you got to have a resume to where you can go, look, if we don't do well in the NCAA tournament, we got this to hang our hat on. You know? Now, granted, you still got to win conference games, but it's already viewed, they've already shown that they don't think too highly of the Pac-12 in, in basketball right now. They don't think too highly of the Pac-12. So they got to do some, and you can't lose games to Santa Clara. I'm sorry. You can't lose games to Santa Clara. You can't go into over, you can't lose to teams like this and think you're making progress. So I think this is the year, this is the make or break year for Andy Enfield. And if Andy Enfield can't get it together this year, you, I'm sorry, you're going to have to look at, at making a replacement. You're going to have to look at replacing him. You're going to have to look at getting a new coach. You're going to have to because it can't be, it can't be, oh, you know, we, we, he just needs more time or it's the players. I'm sorry. It's the coaching. I've said it's the coaching. I've always believed it's the coaching. I don't have enough faith in him because he has a good, look, look at the te- players that he has. There's no reason why you should be, why you can't utilize your depth. You're recruiting all these kids, but you're only playing seven players. Right. You're only playing six to seven. You're only playing seven to eight players. When the time comes to do that, then do that. You know, which when you get to March, you got to do that. But you're trying to get the March right now. And USC shouldn't. USC, honestly, with the recruiting class they have, they they should be able to contend for the Pac-12 title. They should be able to. And and I'm and everyone may go, oh, that's that's those expectations are not. Um, I don't want to say unre- they're unrealistic, but people could go, oh well, we can't keep moving the goalposts back for Andy Enfield. I'm sorry, right. we can't. We honestly can't. We can't keep moving the goalposts back for Andy Enfield because how much more leg leeway is he going to get? What has he accomplished? Other than turning the USC basketball program, and yes, he's done it, but sometimes you got to go, you know what, we got to go in a different direction. Sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you have to do that. And if you don't do it, you know what I mean? If you don't do it, you're going to be stuck in the same position. That's that's my uh that's my my two minute rant on USC basketball. <laughs> I, I just think USC basketball could do so much better. But you can say that with all the programs and and at with USC bas or with you at USC. Yes, it's very about, true. You say it about football. You can say it about baseball. You can say it, you can say it about any sport. It's just USC athletics right now is in a weird spot unless you're water polo or tennis 
or track and field. Yeah. Track and field. Track and field's been doing out amazing. We don't get, they have, we don't they have. talk, we don't talk enough about track and field like that and the amazing job that they do. So, anyway. I think on that note, that'll do it. Oh, well, we do have a question actually. I don't know if oh, you yes. want to answer that. Well, it kind of touched on basketball, but the question that came from Got Rocks and he asked, I know we're months away from the new season, but what is the outlook for the basketball program that clearly has been disappointing in the last two years? I, I think I kind of answered that question. Yeah. Um, it's a make or break year for, and I, I feel this is a make or break year for Andy Enfield. I feel that the hot seat is, is there right now, you know, and if they don't, if Enfield don't get this done, if Enfield does not get this done, then I honestly believe that's it for him. I honestly, I honestly believe that they should move in a different direction. I felt they should have moved in a different direction probably after this season. But, but I think this is, this is it for him. This is it for him. If USC don't make the tournament, or at least in talk and uh, contention of making a tournament, that's going to be that. Especially with a lot of guys you're going to have that could potentially be one and done guys like Kevin Porter Jr. and stuff. That's that. But yeah, I agree. This is a make or break year. Uh, and I mean, I know people are like, "Well, who would you replace him with?" You have a guy on your bench named Jason Hart, and uh, one heck of a coach. And I and I give him most of the credit for the recruiting too. But I feel Jason Hart should, if you're looking at replacement for Andy Enfield, I look at Jason Hart. I honestly look at Jason Hart. He played in the NBA. He played in college. He's an LA guy. He he knows the 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 um he he knows the recruiting scene. He knows the scene in LA, the AAU scene, and the AAU scene. He knows all of that. He knows basketball. He knows hoops. A lot of people go, are, a lot of USC fans, it's crazy to me to see that a lot of USC basketball fans just sit there and just go, oh, you know, let, you know, but he, he has no experience. You know, is he really the guy? And you know what? You don't know, but you've got to give him a chance. And I think, I honestly think Andy, I think, not Andy Enfield, I think Jason Hart is the guy. I seriously think Jason Hart is a, is, is a guy who could be coach, who should be coaching this team. I, I, I wholeheartedly think that. But that's my view on the outlet, on the outlook of the, um, of the USC basketball program is that they're in a good position. They're in a very good position. Coaching wise, I don't think coaching wise they're in a great position. Other than that, that's about it. Yeah. That's about it. Um, anything else you wanted to? Chime in on? 
that's about it. All right. Well, other than that, that will be it for our show this week. Um, you can be sure to to follow us on Twitter at C Chronicles SBN. You can also follow me at um, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt A Lowry. You can follow me at Always Compete. And be sure to listen to us on a seat on a Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Or on the um on the megaphone on megaphone, we'll post the the link up for you to listen to us and also listen to previous episodes as well. Um, before we go off, there's been an announcement made. There's been an announcement made um, that the Las Vegas Bowl will be moved to a post Christmas date starting next year. Uh, this has been a talk for a few months now, for a couple of months now, that the Ve- that with the Vegas Bowl moving to the uh, new Raider Stadium, that they will uh, that they will actually start changing the uh, affiliations, and that a bowl game that will be played at Hollywood Park, at Los Angeles Stadium at Hollywood Park, will be the uh, Pac-12 and and Mountain West. Uh, bowl game but right now it's gonna be the Pac-12 against the SEC and or the Big Ten or it'll be it'll be the Pac-12 versus the SEC or the Big Ten and the date and the 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 years will alternate so in 2020 we'll have the Pac-12 versus the SEC and the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl 2021 will be Pac-12 versus Big Ten it alternates every every year. So, That's good. That's a good matchup. So, and a lot of people have been asking for a Pac-12 SEC bowl game. They've yeah. been asking for this, and now we're finally getting it. We're finally getting a Pac-12 SEC bowl game. Um, and, and especially in 2020. Now it's just a matter of what teams is it going to be? Is it going to replace the Alamo Bowl and? The runner-up of the Pac-12 title game, or the 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 team who's in second in the with the second best record in the Pac-12 faces a team with the second best record in the SEC. Like, how is this gonna? How is that gonna work out? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll we'll save that for next next week. Yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll save it for uh for next week. But until then, we'll talk to you guys next week. Fight on! Fight on!